Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. This show is sponsored by our members who made donations. We'd like to give them a very big thank you. We have to cover the monthly costs of the radio station's software, bandwidth, phone lines and phone calls to be able to continue with the radio show. And thank you for listening. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Laurie from the United States, who uses LDN for chronic fatigue syndrome slash ME, Thank you for joining us today, Laurie. My pleasure. So could you tell us, you know, where does your story start? Well, my story started when I was in college as a 19-year-old student, and I came down with mononucleosis. And I never really woke up from my mononucleosis. I was tired all the time. I couldn't do the studying. I might be able to make it to classes, but studying was just really difficult. So at that time, my mom said, I think you've got the family curse, which my family runs a very severe depression. And so I went to a psychiatrist. I was diagnosed with depression, which to me actually was chronic fatigue because I wasn't sad and depressed. I had lots of friends and I loved college. I just wasn't able to complete it. So from that, prior to college, I was very athletic. As a child, I was a diving team, diving lessons, a equestrian rider for horseback. I did backpacking club, um, swimming. I cycled five miles a day, and I was a cheerleader. I was social. I just had a fantastic growing up childhood until what I consider the chronic fatigue hit. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point, I had to leave college. My choice was a waste of money, but um, I came home, and I was able to work part-time, and then I was able to work full-time. I seemed to get a, a get better. I, they changed my medications, and uh, in those days, they didn't have great psychiatric meds, so I was on, in college, Trazodone, which they now use for sleep. I was on it three times a day, so I was very, very tired. So when I got home, I got a different doctor, new one, and got on better meds, felt better. And I believe I kind of went into a remission because I was able to work full time and have friends and a social life. And then what came next? Uh, I had um, a major episode of depression. And um, I was so sick. That was in 1987. I was so sick. I was in bed for practically three years. My mom took care of me the best she could, which was excellent. She was a psychiatric social worker. So she was just an angel and never upset about anything. But my psychiatrist always said, my meds are not making you this sick. I don't know what it is, but it's not just my medications. So from that major depressive episode in bed three years, I had to have shock treatment. So I had it 
1998, and it didn't really work. They did it 12 times. So then in 2011, the process procedure changed for ECT, and I had 28 treatments, and it worked fabulously, although I was still very tired. So the shock treatment worked great. I saw color. Everything was great, except I was still very tired, and I took some classes, remedial classes, because I lost a tremendous amount of memory with the shock treatment, but it was worth it to be free of that depression. And um, then I found Provigil, which really helped. It was amazing, and that was from my psychiatrist, and that helped with my fatigue. My brain it didn't wake me up. It, well, it woke me up, but it did not give me energy. It wasn't like um, uh, the different stimulants. I don't think it's considered a stimulant. It's not the traditional stimulant, but it woke me up. And I was my teacher instantly said, my gosh, what have they given you? You know, you're alive. You've come to life. So that helped a great deal. And then I continued on and... I think I probably, I know remission supposedly is really hard to get into, but I think I went into a remission in 2005 to 12 because I was able to work part-time, be in the Rotary Club, very active in that, had a boyfriend for the first time in many years, and unfortunately my mom got Alzheimer's but was very mild and I was taking care of her and living with her. But I had the energy to do all that, which was amazing. And I was very tired, and my boyfriend would comment, you're always so tired. But to me, that was normal for all that I had going on. Mm-hmm. And then um, then I hit bottom. Uh, I crashed, again, with depression at the end of 2012 and pretty much was the depression and the chronic fatigue together. Still hadn't been diagnosed with chronic fatigue. Um, During that time, actually, I forgot. During that time, I got sick for about 18 days while I had all that going on. I couldn't do anything for 18 days, and no one could figure out what it was. My doctors, every doctor I went to, they found something, but it wasn't what it was because I neglected myself because I was taking care of my mother. And then my doctor kind of gave up and said, well, I'm just sending you to blank university and it's a very prominent university and have you go to their immunology department. So I went to the immunology department and then I got a call and I was told to report to the chronic fatigue clinic. And I really didn't want to believe in chronic fatigue syndrome. I just, I just didn't want to. So I was pretty much in denial over it. And they put me on Valciclovir or Valcite, one of those. Didn't help at all. Um, They were a big support for me. I didn't live close. I lived two hours away, so they wanted to see me more often, but it was too much of a drive, and the fatigue was bad, and the depression was bad. So then um, just I think it was in 2020 that I went back up to the university for the chronic fatigue. Uh, we'll back up a little. A funny story is I'd been diagnosed with the chronic fatigue and was in denial. And especially when I was given a book to read that told me I had to do all these things and pace myself on exercise. And it was like, I can't even exercise. And then 
it was too hard for me. The book was just too hard for what state I was in at that time, whether it was the depression or the chronic fatigue, who knows they're intertwined. But, um, I went up and I went to physical therapy and for, I had had neck surgery and after physical therapy, I would go out and lay in my car and take a nap for three hours. And the physical therapist noticed that I wasn't leaving and left a little note on the door. Please call us when you wake up. And then I saw my neurologist and she's like, you didn't tell her you have chronic fatigue syndrome. I'm like, nah, she said, who are you can't be doing really difficult, you know, five pound exercises for me. That was a lot because I had been in bed so long again with the fatigue and the depression. So uh, I went back and told her and she about hit the roof that I hadn't told her I had chronic fatigue, that she'd been killing me with all the exercise that I really enjoyed. So that put an end to the good hard workouts and now they're mild and I continue off and on to go to physical therapy just uh, for a boost. I, it's very hard with the depression to discipline myself to do it enough. And, um, and Stanford said to work, walk only 2,000 miles, said their name, sorry if I say anything negative about that. Uh, I was told to only walk 2,000 steps a day, which was fine because I was really tired. But since I've been on LDN and have had a really good reaction, um, I want to walk more. But I have to be careful not to overdo it. So I first started LDN in 2020 at 1.5 milligrams. And then I believe in two weeks, I went up to three milligrams. And I don't know the exact amount of time I would have to check with the clinic. I went up to 4.5 milligrams, 4.5 milligrams, then up to six milligrams and then up to 7.5 milligrams. And this is over a year. Now, the first time I took LDN at 1.5 milligrams, it got rid of what I called lead head. My head wasn't just heavy and tired. It felt like it was full of lead. And it was miraculous. I was overjoyed that that was gone, although I still had all the fatigue. And so I didn't quite understand it, so that's why they continued to increase it, but was thrilled to be gone from leadhead days. So I, at seven, mil, seven milligrams, I was still really tired. And, you know, it wasn't my depression because we got that finally under control. And it was really depressing not to be able to enjoy not being depressed because the chronic fatigue was holding me back. And I could be enjoying the time without the depression. So I said, do you ever plateau on LDN? And she said, yes, some people do. And I was seeing a PA or am seeing a PA up there. And she said, why don't you go off it for 10 days and then start back at 1.5 milligrams. And she said, then in seven days, go up to three milligrams. And then she said, well, maybe after three or four days, go up to three milligrams. And right then was a red flag for me. It was like, is it seven days or three days? There's a big difference for me between that amount of days. Mm-hmm. So... At that point, um, I went off and I crashed horrendously, which was kind of a good sign. That meant LDN was working for me in my eyes. I slept 43 hours. Don't remember any of it. I have a caregiver. She couldn't wake me up enough to say, leave me alone. And then each day after, I slept for 14 hours and was bedridden. 
And again, I'm very fortunate to have a caregiver that helps me with both the different illnesses I have. I have a few others. So in that time laying in bed, bored, I didn't want to watch TV. I decided to research LDN, which is, I should have done it. The minute I got on it, I'm really into research and I hadn't done it. So I went on and Googled LDN and um, a pharmacist by the name of Brad White, who's in Ohio and runs MedShop RX, was sponsoring, or you were sponsoring him, I'm not sure how it went, a doctor who spoke about microdosing and LDN. And so I listened to this doctor, and I was just amazed at what he had to say. And I thought, I, I, shouldn't, I should be microdosing because somewhere along the journey, I missed the right dose. And so at the end of the lecture, Brad White, the pharmacist said, if anyone has any questions, feel free to call me and put his little card up there. Well, that was a mistake Mm -hmm. because the next day I was on the phone to talk to him and he was wonderful. He told me about the research trust I had no idea. I guess I hadn't found it yet. Or if I did, I didn't know what I'd found. And he spent 45 minutes with me talking about microdosing and how that was the latest research that they were doing and finding out. He said, you probably missed your sweet spot, he called it, because you were doing jumps that were too big. If you'd done smaller jumps, you would have found that exact right dose. That's my guess. And in talking to him, he said, you must be patient. Some people, you know, it can kick in in a week and they feel great. Other people, it takes six months. You just have to be patient, Lori. So I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to be. And I was on the one point, I started the 1.5 milligrams and I decided I'm going to be patient and not up it because I did feel better. So, you know, better, but... I thought, do what he said, you know, he, he's, he's a really smart guy and very compelling with the research. So I didn't increase. And it's been, I think, three weeks now, maybe four, I think four weeks. And I'm at 1.5 milligrams and I'm doing great. Um, it's just life changing, which I've heard people say that I never believed that much it could do. But um it's like I'm back to the old Lori that was in college before I got mono. Mm-hmm. And my friends are all noticing it because I'm not staying at home sleeping. I'm going out to lunch. I'm going out for walks. Um, just going over to visit them. Um, I probably, I know I overdo it because I do feel so good. So I did have a setback for about three days because I way overdid it. And I I knew I was pushing the envelope, but I was just having so much fun feeling good again. And um, so I had my three days and hopefully kind of learned my lesson. And since then, I've been, I I overdid it and I haven't crashed. Uh, One day I was with my friend, I met her for coffee and her daughter has a business and needed some special napkins. And so we went to Bed Bath Beyond, we went to Kohl's, we went to Target. Up until this time, I don't think I had been to those places in a couple of years. I never shopped. 
I used Amazon because I was so tired. And after she left, I thought, well, I feel good. I, I do meditation tapes, which I think are really important. It's called Meditainment, the ones I do. I do other ones too, but that one I believe is free and they're guided meditations and you can download them. And so I thought, okay, if you're going to keep going and do more searching for these napkins, you need to rest. So I laid in my car and I did my meditation and it was called recharge. And then I felt much better and I got up and I went to Crate and Barrel and Williams-Sonoma and Banana Republic Mm -hmm. to make a return and Macy's. I did seven, I think that's eight stores from three to seven o'clock, which is totally overdoing it. And yet I was so happy. I just felt so, it was easy to go to the store. It wasn't, it wasn't a big drag, a little drag, even tiring. It was fulfilling and exciting to go to the stores and not be tired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But obviously I overdid that. And luckily I haven't paid the price. So I really have to learn my boundaries better. Mm-hmm. But um, there's such a difference. I remember like to put on, to wash my dishes. It was so hard to put on the gloves and get them on one at a time and then wash the dish and then not have the depression or the chronic fatigue and just throw them on, do the dishes and don't even think twice about it. It was like a world of difference. That's amazing. And if, if you would have yeah. to have said just before, prior to starting LDN, your quality of life on a score of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, what would it have been? Oh, it would have been a 1, definitely. Absolutely. Um, wow. And now? It's, I still have a ways to go, I realize mm-hmm. that, but def, I would say an 8. It's like a miracle to me. I'm afraid it's going to stop, or I'm afraid... I'm going to have to go up. And what I'm, I've asked the pharmacist, uh, Brad, I, you probably know him because he told me about your, your research trust. He referred me to a pharmacist in California that did the microdosing. And I called him and we talked another 45 minutes. And he offered, he said, I'd be happy to talk to your physician's assistant if she'll let me. You know, if she'll agree to it or do a Zoom meeting, a one-on-one, I do conferences all for free, not to make money, just to get the word out about LDN. And he actually got a contract with Kaiser Hospital, which is huge out here, for all their LDN compounding. And so, yeah, the word is definitely getting out on different illnesses for Kaiser to accept it and be using it. Mm -hmm. So I have not written the letter or the the email to my PA because I've got to be very careful how I word it. I don't want to tell her, look, this is what I want to do. If I have to go up, I want to go up 0.25 at a time. And I want to, you know, give it more than a week at 0.25. You can't tell a doctor how to give you medicine. So I've really got to word it right. I've been practicing writing out different ways to email her and ask her and let her know about him and the research that's being done and your research trust. And um, she was interested in solve CFS because I get their newsletter and I sent it to her. So I think she'll be open to talking to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping, I don't know what kind of influence she could have because she is a PA, but it's a major university with their own chronic fatigue clinic that is not up to date on your research as far as I'm concerned. 
I'm, I'm disappointed in that. And I'm really glad I didn't increase the medicine because as uh, Brad said, he said, it sounds like you're at your sweet spot right now if you're feeling this good and you lucked out. And I said, well, you know, I'd be willing to stop it, crash again and start at 0.25. He said, talking to you and your intellect and your ability to keep up with me, I, I think you're doing fantastic. So um, I just have to get that email out to her and, and see if she'll talk to him. And then if I do need to increase, I will definitely microdose it. Mm -hmm. And I just continued to research and try to spread the word to different people. And it's a, it's a bit overwhelming because it's so helpful to so many different people with different illnesses. And I kind of equate it to penicillin when it first came out and how many you know, infections, it cured. And even though it's not an antibiotic, they just, uh, the word really needs to get out. Well, I'm sure that people are going to find your, your story really inspirational. Um, it has been amazing. So thank you well, very much for, for having shared Lord. everything with us. Yeah, I just want people to know, just because LDN might not have worked the first time, it worked really good the second time when I tried it. Mm -hmm. So there is hope. Yeah. And the mantra is um, start low and go slow. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, and be patient. So, you know, you're doing absolutely the right thing. But again, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for having me. I hope it does help someone. This show is sponsored by our members who made donations. We'd like to give them a very big thank you. We have to cover the monthly costs of the radio station's software, bandwidth, phone lines and phone calls to be able to continue with the radio show. And thank you for listening. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.